Scouting out of the blue corner. He gives you your football meat and potatoes style and is the undisputed king of detailed player analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve the Scout. Hey guys, this is Steve the Scout. I am the voice of the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. It is Friday, September 14th. We just kicked off week two of the NFL season. I am going to be breaking down the action of last night and giving you my scouting analysis on every other game that's going to be played on Sunday and Monday. I'm excited to be with you today. Remember, for more information, you can go to stevethescout.com or follow me on Twitter at stevethescout81. Very soon, all episodes of the Pro Football Scouting Podcast are going to be available on the stevethescout.com website. Uh, Remember that every Wednesday is Q&A day as well as a day that I'm going to be scouting a college prospect that will be coming out in next year's draft and giving you my breakdown. And again, all questions can go directly to stevethescout81 at gmail.com. Again, that email is stevethescout81 at gmail. So uh, what I want to do today, like I said, is go over every game with you, um, break down the matchups and tell you who I think is going to win. I'm going to start off by just going into last night's game, which was the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Ravens, telling you what I saw and just giving you my analysis about it. My goal ultimately is to give you guys things that you're not going to hear anywhere else. I feel a lot of the analysis you get out there, it's very similar. So um, what I strive to make this is something that's going to be different and unique, and it's going to get you to think about things sometimes in a different way and ultimately just be a more complete pregame analysis for you. So, breaking down last night's game with the Bengals and the Ravens, we know the Bengals won the game. Uh, I'm not here to go over the score, but I'll tell you kind of what I saw. Uh, I think Andy Dalton, although his completion percentage last night was not that high, it was you know about 55%, I think, um, he definitely looked like he had good chemistry with those receivers. They just looked like they were on the same page. And I saw that in preseason, and that's why I tell people to, to not always shouldn't always say preseason is meaningless because it definitely gives you clues about things that um, you know will likely happen. Uh, I'll also mention that later in this show that the Washington Redskins, their defensive line looked really good in the preseason. The Giants looked like they were able to get um, their receivers downfield a lot more, a lot, they were a lot better at doing that because of the play action and the bootleg stuff they're running. And look, I mean, that they started to do that during week one. So I get it. We're talking about a small sample size. We're only one week into the season, but um, just kind of going over, well, really two weeks now, but just going over um, what I saw last night. Again, Andy Dalton, he had good chemistry with those receivers. I talked a lot about also in the preseason that the Bengals have a slot receiver named Tyler Boyd, who I thought was going to be very special this year. Um, He um, emerged last night, had a great game, six catches, 91 yards. And what Boyd did is he was able to gain separation Great short, great short area quickness um, in the slot, and he did a great job of disengaging from the cornerbacks that were that were covering him. So um, he looked really solid last night, um, and it wasn't it wasn't a case of you know 
um, bad coverage. No, it wasn't bad coverage. He just played really good. So um, I thought that what I saw in the, in the preseason was that the Bengals' offense really looked like it was in sync, and I definitely saw that uh, saw that last night. A good game from the running back, Joe Mixon. I think he's going to be a tremendous player in this league. They have a complete offense and an offense that looks pretty functional right now. And I do think Andy Dalton is an underrated quarterback. Um, I feel when people are looking at Andy Dalton and his uh, opponent last night, Joe Flacco, I think they kind of look at these guys not really as franchise quarterbacks now because Andy Dalton, I, I believe the fan perception and media perception is that he's good, but we can get someone better. Um, and I think the perception of Joe Flacco is that, well, he won the Super Bowl, but what else has he, has he really given you? So uh, I think that is perception right now. Um, and with that being said, in some ways, it is a make-or-break year for both of these quarterbacks. Flacco played well last night as well. He was able to carry the Ravens' offense, but um, you know, as well as Flacco played and as well as Dalton played, um, they, they both made some bad plays. They both... Uh, at times, you know, could have had some more interceptions than what they had. So, but when I do look at it, you know, uh, the Falcons were able to run their offense through Joe Flacco, and he was able to move the ball, no doubt. Andy Dalton looked on sync, although his completion percentage wasn't high. Wasn't always perfect. Again, they were, um, you know, they, they definitely had some plays that they were lucky that they weren't weren't intercepted. I was glad to see two things. Um, C.J. Mosley uh, has no ligament damage in his knee. Uh, he's really the replacement or the heir apparent to Ray Lewis. Um, he's done a good job since coming in there. He's really, at this point, I would say he's one of the best middle linebackers in the league. And Jesse Bates, a guy who I said was a draft steal, got a pick, although it was a kind of a give-me, though. So uh, Bengals won last night. Let's move on to the action that we're going to be seeing this week. Uh, first game I'm going to break down and analyze is Kansas City versus Pittsburgh, the Chiefs versus the Steelers. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to have their number. Let me tell you why. Pittsburgh, I think, is going to have a hard time defending their vertical game. Uh, they don't. They don't have. Um, you know, they don't have a, as good of a run defense without Ryan Shazier. That's going to make it difficult to stop Kareem Hunt. Um, and at the same time, you know, I just again, I think the biggest thing is that you know Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill they're going to stretch the field, and I don't think. Pittsburgh really has the personnel to keep up with them. Um, you know, they also have Travis Kelsey. I don't know who's who's, who's going to cover him effectively. So I think, you know, the matchups in here really favor Kansas City. Um, when you look at, you know, Pittsburgh's rushing attack, you know, they very well might be one-dimensional. I know they got Big Ben and Antonio Brown, but um, I have not watched really tape on James Conner outside of last week. He showed some good stuff last week, but he's still very unproven. Um, so I, I think, you know, the matchups really do favor Kansas City, um, and, you know, they would be my pick for this week. I do think that Patrick Mahomes, he's he's going to have some issues at some point. I know he looked great last week, but I do see him as a guy that can throw a lot of picks. He Look, you know, you, you got to hope that— you got to hope that in a perfect world, he ends up like a Brett Favre where he's just one of those guys. Look, he probably has the strongest arm in the NFL. Um, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback, but his arm strength is, is absurd. It just it just is. I, I don't know if there's anyone that, that actually has a physically stronger arm than him who can bomb it as deep. I mean, it's pretty impressive. So Kansas City would be my pick there. Looking at the Jets in Miami, uh, I don't remember the last time that these teams played they were, but that they were both undefeated or even had a winning record. I know it's 1-0, but still, think about it. The Jets and the Dolphins playing each other with winning, re winning records doesn't happen that often. Tannehill, you know, he had a good game his first game back. 
He definitely made some mental errors. I think the Jets are going to have to be careful about Kenny Stills because he showed last week that he's a he's a home run threat in terms of you know he can he can take the top off of a defense. He can score any time with that speed. So they got to watch out for him. Um, I think that if Darren Lee, the Jets linebacker, um, who was criticized actually by Bart Scott in the media, you guys may have heard about that, where he he was very critical of him. Um, and Darren Lee played a great game last week. He was an early round pick for the Jets in 2016. Uh, I believe that if he has a great game, um, you know, the Jets defense is going to excel because, you know, having having him perform has been kind of one of the missing links they've had on defense. And, you know, when, when I think he shows up, if he shows up and starts playing better, and he had a great game last week, um, I think with the other personnel they have on their defense, they can do really well. Um, ultimately, I think Sam Darnold, um, his ability to extend plays, it, it's it's as good as any quarterback in the NFL. He's not the fastest guy. He's not as fast as Russell Wilson. But um, in terms of terms of a guy being able to avoid sacks and just extending plays and escaping, he's he's a magician. He really is. Um, he's he's one of the best in the game at that. He has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I think just when you look at Sam Donald, he has every tool that you could ask for. Um, again, I always talk about this. He's he, he's Andrew Luck combined with Tony Romo. It's you know watch those two guys play, watch Sam Darnold play. I think you'll you'll see that. Uh, I think the Jets match up defensively very well against Miami. Darnold's going to have the ability to extend plays, and I think that's going to be the difference here. So um, I look I look at you know the Jets really being um, you know the favorite in this game, and that's who I would take. Moving on to the New Orleans Saints versus the Cleveland Browns. Can the Browns get their first victory? Uh, these are this is a battle of two of the best backfields in the NFL. But I think the difference maker is that the the Browns don't have anyone that can effectively deal with Saints running back Alvin Kamara. And and also, you know, Michael Thomas, the, the Saints wide receiver who's going into his second year, I know it's early to say, but he is one of the best separating I've seen in the NFL. He's he's a guy that can play outside or inside. He just he just can get separation. And um Drew Brees actually has has actually mentioned that he is one of the hardest workers in the locker room he's ever he's ever been around. So that's pretty high praise coming from the Saints quarterback. Uh, I think Michael Thomas is that talented. He could have a Hall of Fame career um, from the interviews and everything I hear. You know, his work ethic is real. And just the the tape shows that this guy can just really, really good at separating. But Denzel Ward, the Browns' fourth overall pick, fourth overall pick in the draft, had a, had a great first game last week. So I'm going to really be interested to, to see that matchup. Um, if the Browns are going to win the game, they're going to have to get David Njoku. He's going to have to catch the ball. Um, them, there's a number of plays last week where, um, you know, if he if he caught the ball, I think the Browns could have won that game. So Denzel Ward's got to shut down. Got to shut. He, he's he's got he's going to have to shut down Michael Thomas. David Njoku's going to have to stop dropping the ball. They're going to have to spread the ball. Um, and you know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to make sure the running game is going. Uh, I just think ultimately that um, the Saints are gonna win the game mainly because Alvin Kamara is gonna be the difference, um, and that's gonna be really their their downfalls. I don't think they're gonna be able to defend them. So um, one player can make the difference here. It does. I pick the New Orleans Saints. Uh, moving on to the Chargers versus the Bills. I believe the Bills can be the worst team in the NFL this year. They uh, um, they have some players on defense. Um, for sure, you know, they have some good defensive tackles in there, but they just don't match up well against the Chargers. Josh Allen, he's not ready. I've always said he's not ready. 
Um, he has a great arm, but I think he's just not ready to be the face of a franchise. And, and I think a lot of his issues, to me, the reason why I criticize a lot is because you know accuracy can't be coached in the NFL. It really can't be. It, you know, you have accuracy or you don't, and he just to me does not have it. Even even on the short short and medium range stuff, uh, you got to get the ball in tight windows in the NFL and. He'll do that every once in a while, but a lot of times he's going to be off. So um, I think you know when you look at the Chargers, they have they have Philip they have Philip Rivers and they have two of the best. You know, if you want to look at a, a a one and two wide receiver combination, Chargers are about as good as it gets. Um, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, the Bills. You know, they they have capable players in their secondary, but the Chargers are going to win are going to win those matchups. They might be able to defend, you know, Melvin Gordon, the Chargers running back, but Josh Allen's going to have a hard time with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa going his way. The matchups all over the field to me favor the Chargers, so they are my pick over the Bills in this one. Um moving on to the Vikings versus the Packers, a good old NFC North rivalry. Uh last year the Packers were the better team. They won the division. Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Um, I think the pack. I think the the Vikings are going to win again um, in this game, and I'll tell you why. Um, their defense is going to be too much, um, and when you combine that with the fact that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing healthy, he's going to get hit, and I don't think he's ready to get hit, especially by the guys that Minnesota has in their front seven. The Packers' key to victory has to be keeping Aaron Rodgers clean, and under a matchup that I'm really excited to see. Are, are the Packers' two young cornerbacks, Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson, go against, go against the Minnesota Vikings wide receivers. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs going against those two young corners who I think are going to make Green Bay's defense a heck of a lot better. Um, and they looked great in preseason. But ultimately, um, I think the difference really is going to be that they're not going to be able to stop the Packers' front seven from getting to Aaron um, and it, it just, you know, with his injury, it's just going to slow things down. The Vikings also have the better rushing attack, even in the wide receiver cornerback matchup that I just mentioned. Um, I think, you know, Green Bay will do well, but Minnesota, these receivers, you know, were some of the most productive in the NFL last year. So I give the edge to the Vikings here because of a hurt Aaron Rodgers and those other, and they're going against maybe the best defense in the NFL. I like the, I like the Vikings in this one. The Colts versus the Redskins. The Colts are going to lose this game, I believe, because football games are often won at the line of scrimmage. Now, again, preseason matters. The preseason showed a good number, a lot of evidence that the Redskins' defensive line was going to be disruptive, and and I think you know there's just they're the Colts' offensive line. They're not going to be able to stop the Redskins' defensive line. Um, the Redskins' defensive line is loaded with talent. They're going to be tough to deal with this year. Football is often one of the trenches, and, he, and even when you look at the other side of the ball, um, if you look at the, the the Redskins offensive line going against the, the Colts defensive line, the Redskins, I think, are going to win that one too. They win on the trenches and both sides of the ball. I think they're the better team. Um, I told you I, I love Andrew Luck. I'm glad that he's back. I think he has the potential to be incredible. There's a reason he there's a reason he was drafted first overall. But Alex Smith is quietly you know one of the you know top 15 or so quarterbacks in a league that, that has more good quarterbacks now than it ever has before. he You you can definitely even make an argument he's a top 10 quarterback. He's smart. Um, they have a they have a superior running back in Adrian Peterson. They have better wide receivers. I like the Redskins all the way in this game. They're my pick to beat the Colts on Sunday. 
Looking at the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think you're going to see a lot of the same thing in this game, uh, alluding to that this game is going to be won in the line of scrimmage, uh, on the line of scrimmage. And the Eagles, when you want to look at the best combination of an offensive and defensive line on one team, there's no one better in the NFL than Philadelphia. They, they, they have Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, and Jason Peters. I mean, my God. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, they have three Pro Bowl caliber players. They have, I mean, I mean, they have five good starters on that defensive line that they can shuffle in and out and keep guys fresh. So the Eagles are going to win that game in the line of scrimmage. If the Buccaneers want to have a chance of winning, they got to make Nick Foles one-dimensional. Uh, and and a, part of, a part of that alludes to a matchup I'm interested to see, which is going to be Jay Ajayi going against, uh, who is the Eagles running back, going against, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker Levante David. So I think, I think the Bucks um, would, you know, they they they'd have a better chance if they can stop Jay Ajayi. I mean, Levante David, he can try. Um, he's he's one of the fastest sideline to sideline in the NFL. But um, ultimately, I think this game comes down to the line of scrimmage, and that's where the Eagles are going to win this game. Uh, so the Eagles are my pick. Moving on to the Panthers versus the Falcons. So, um, look at, looking at the injuries in this game, the Falcons are, are missing two key players on their defense. They're missing Deion Jones and Keanu Neal. Deion Jones um, is one of their linebackers, and he's arguably the best coverage linebacker in, in, in the NFL. Uh, he's, def- he's, he's definitely up there. Uh, he is just... He's one of the smartest linebackers I've watched. Uh, he can do he can do a lot of different things, but he coverage wise he he's he's really 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 good. Uh, they also have Keanu Neal, who's a safety. He's not the he's not the fastest guy, but he has a big box safety who's capable um, of doing doing good in a lot of different coverage assignments. So I it's the fact and he's also he's he's huge. Both these guys are also going to be key in the run defense, and because the Falcons have. C.J. Anderson and Christian McCaffrey, that's going to hurt them. Um, and I think that's going to be the reason why they don't win this game. The Falcons, um, they're going to have to have huge games out of Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley. Um, I Also, working against the Falcons is the fact that Matt Ryan and the offense, they looked out of sync that last week. So um, this matchup favors the Panthers to me based on my analysis. So Carolina is my pick. Moving on to the Texans versus the Titans. The Texans have wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best in the NFL, a guy who's on a Hall of Fame career path. Uh, and, you know, if the Tennessee Titans, you know, are not going to win this game, I think a big reason why they're not going to win is because it does not look like Taylor Luan, their left tackle, is playing, which means that you now have to, de- you, you now you lose your franchise left tackle, who's one of the best in the NFL, by the way. Um, and on the other side of the ball is J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. Marcus Mariota is going to have a long day without him there. And I think that him not playing, which doesn't look like he's going to, is going to be the reason why the, why the Texans win this game. Um, look, you know, they're good. it's going to be hard to pick your poison now. So, And you couldn't really do it before. So talking about dealing with uh, Clowney and J.J. Watt. Uh, and don't forget, you got Tyron Matthew in center field. If you look, up, if you look at the, the matchup between... DeAndre Hopkins, who I just mentioned before, against Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is a good cornerback, but um, DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, is going to have his number. Uh, these are the keys to victory, so I like the Houston Texans in this one over the Tennessee Titans. 
the Cardinals versus the Rams. Now, you would probably think that the Rams are, are going to kick their butts, but not necessarily because when you analyze the matchups, they do in many ways favor they do well, I'm sorry, they don't favor the cards, but the cards match up with the Rams a lot better than you might think. Um, first of all, you know, the Rams, you know, they have they have two solid tackles. They have Andrew Whitworth at left tackle, um, and they have Rob Havenstein at, at right tackle. Whitworth is, is gonna be matched up against Marcus Golden. Um, Whitworth, you know, he's 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 older now. Uh, Marcus Golden, I think, can match up well with him. And I think that Chandler Jones, as good as Rob Havenstein is at that right tackle position, I think Chandler Jones is going to take it to him on Sunday. So, you know, you got to look at that matchup and realize that, you know, the, the, the Cardinals can win that matchup. But where I think the Cardinals are going to lose the game is they're not going to slow down Todd Gurley. Um, you know, so that, I think, is going to be where where the game is decided. He is He is that much of a difference maker. The Rams have Brandon Cooks at wide receiver, who I love. And again, alluding to the fact that the matchups, the Cardinals do better in these matchups than you might think, he's going to be followed by Patrick Peterson the entire game. So, um, but again, just the difference between Todd Gurley, um, you know, being a factor in that game is, and and I don't think they're going to be able to slow him down. I think that's going to be a, a tough one to deal with. The other thing is this, is the Cardinals last week on offense, their, their game to me, their offensive play calling, Love Mike McCoy, but it wasn't the best play calling last week. So to me, you know, I definitely have, um, you know, I wouldn't be that comfortable with the way he called plays. And I believe Sean McVay is just going to call the better game, to be honest. But again, don't be shocked if the cards win because they match up better than than what it alludes to. But Todd Gurley and Sean McVay, they'll be the difference, I think. The Lions versus the 49ers. The Lions were the worst team in the NFL last week. I mean, the Bills were, well, maybe the Bills were up there too. But um, Matthew Stafford, he, he looked awful. He threw four interceptions. He didn't play the whole game. He's going against 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. He didn't play well either, but the Lions are banged up this week. Um, Ezekiel Ansah, their defensive end, who's multiple-time Pro Bowler. LeGarrette Blount, um, n- probably not going to play this week, and if he does play, he's not going to be healthy. And Matthew Stafford with a shin injury, so you got, you know— you have all three of these key players that are going to be playing hurt this week. Uh, combine that with the combine that with the 49ers, I believe, winning this game at the line of scrimmage. They're going to be they're going to be the better team, and I also think they have the better play caller in Kyle Shanahan. So um, I give the edge to the 49ers here. I believe the 49ers will beat the Lions. The Patriots versus the Jaguars. The key to this game is how much time will Tom Brady have? That's it. The Jags lost the AFC Championship game, and their defense didn't play well in the second half. Um, when you look at Brady, he is not the most mobile quarterback, and and believe it or not, his offensive lines are somewhat overrated. But he is able to buy time, and he's able to keep because of what he does pre-play. That's it. That's it. Um, when you look at Brady pre-play, he's the best quarterback in NFL history. Um, we have this whole argument with Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, but Aaron, Aaron Rodgers does not play chess with the defense as well as Tom Brady does. That's why I would say Brady, to me, is the better quarterback. Um, I think Rodgers has a better throwing arm. I get I get what Tom Brady said. Uh, we all heard about this quote that Tom Brady said Aaron Rodgers would be the better quarterback, but you cannot ignore the mental aspect of the game, and that's where I give the edge to Brady. So just... Kind of going off topic for a second, but I think the Jaguars are going to win this game. Getting back to reality. So 
The Jaguars, they didn't play as well in the second half last year, but the Jaguars, they have a lot of firepower on defense. Um, They are, I believe, going into the season the best defense in the NFL. And on paper, um, I just don't think that regardless of what Brady does, you know, he's. I think they're going to get to him. They're going to hit him in this game, and that's that's going to be that's going to be the difference. They're going to have a tough time slowing down Leonard Fournette, and I think Jacksonville is going to win this game by getting to Tom. So I like Jacksonville this Sunday. Moving on to the Raiders versus the Broncos. The Raiders, if they are going to win this game, they have to get Mark. They have to do two things. Look, I'm not worried about Derek Carr. Derek Carr's fine, but they have to get Marshawn Lynch going. Um, it was helpful that they did that last week, but they they got to get him going. He is the offense still needs to be based around him, and and they have to get Jared Cook their tight end involved again. Jared Cook had almost 200 yards receiving last week as a tight end, um, and when you look at Denver, they can rush the passer, but they can't cover the tight end. So because of that, I'd like to see the the Raiders get him involved. He had a monster game last week, and if and they can't cover Denver can't cover tight end, so I think it's going to happen again this week. Um, if the Broncos are going to win, they're going to need to get to Derek Carr and have a solid game from Case Keenum. Um, and I think I think they're going to be able to do that. So um, I think because the Broncos will do that, and I've always said uh, that Case Keenum, it was not just Pat Shermer last year. Case Keenum was simply just a good quarterback last year. Uh, I like. I like the Broncos in this game. They have the better receivers, and I think they'll be able to get to Derek Carr. But this one really could go either way. Um, the matchups, I, I, I don't think one team is is incredibly better than the other. Um, when you look at the overall matchups, it can go either way, but I give the edge to Denver. The Giants versus the Cowboys. Um, looking at this game. So, Ezekiel Elliott, he did not look as explosive as usual last week. That was evident to me. The Cowboys receivers cannot gain any separation. That was also evident. And Dak Prescott did not play well. So those three things, um, you know, I believe that they are things that Cowboys fans should be concerned about because they, to, well, I mean, I wouldn't worry so much about Zeke, but the but part of that offensive line didn't play well last year. They didn't, you know, the thing I would really worry about most of all the things I mentioned it's going to be the receivers getting separation because Dak needs that help right now. And if he doesn't get it, um, you know, he's he's going to go through his progressions and he's going to struggle. So I think I think the Giants, you know, Landon Collins said in the media this week, Landon Collins said, if we shut down Zeke and we force Dak to go against Janoris Jenkins and Eli Apple, they'll win the game. And I think, honestly, that's probably what's going to happen. And I think the reason why that will happen is James Betcher, um, their Giants defensive coordinator. He is a creative play caller. Um, saw it in Arizona. Saw it last week. I think he. I think he's gonna. Fit, he's gonna scheme to be able to stop Ezekiel Elliott. They were really aggressive last week against the Jaguars against Leonard Fournette. Um, I liked what I saw out of them last week. And the Giants are gonna win too because I think that when you look at the Cowboys, um, the the Cowboys wide receivers, they don't match up well against the Giants cornerbacks. And something I'll mention is everyone thought that Eli Apple was a complete bust last year. Football fans, you know, you guys are very, we're very emotional, but, and I think that causes us a lot of times not to look at things objectively. The tape on Eli Apple showed he was really good his rookie year. Look, I, I'm not, I get it. He, he, he pretty much quit last year um, and he played like crap, but um, the talent was def, the talent was definitely there. So, um, Looking at the way Eli Apple played wet last week, looking at what Janoris Jenkins brings to the table, they're going to be able to cover them well with Landon Collins back there as well. 
And I think when you look at the Giants receivers going against Dallas's secondary, the Giants have have a huge, huge advantage there. They really do. Um, they have Ingram, Beckham, and Shepard. The Cowboys have Byron Jones, and that's really it. So um, the biggest test for the Giants is keeping Eli clean. The way they have to, they, the way they need to do that is use Barkley to keep them off balanced, and then go to play action and bootleg, allow the receivers to get downfield. I think this game favors favors the Giants. Um, I like I like them in this one over the Cowboys. And moving on, that was Sunday night football, Giants versus the Cowboys. Now moving on to Monday night football, the Seahawks versus the Bears. I said going into this year, I had a list of the guys who I thought would be the 10 best quarterbacks of the next 10 years. And I actually, to a lot of people's surprise, put Mitchell Trubisky first. I'm sure some people thought I'm crazy, but look, the... I'm sorry, You want, it's not my job to agree with everyone else. It's my job to analyze what I see on tape, and I know how to evaluate quarterbacks. It's probably, uh, I'm comfortable with every position, but this might be my most comfortable one. When I, look, when I looked at Trubisky, I saw a guy that, that could make more throws on more angles, or at least as good as anyone in the NFL in terms of throwing the ball on different angles. Um, he can make every throw, and um, when I looked at every intangible I want to see, he had it. I mean, he just had it. Um, you know, I don't think that a lot of people think he could be one of the best of this generation, but again, you know, forget the stats, look at the tape. Um, it speaks, it speaks volumes. Um, when, when I look at this game in terms of how it matches up, the Bears have the advantages with the matchups this game. A big matchup that is going to hurt the Seahawks is Bobby Wagner is either not playing or he's not going to be healthy. The Bears have the human joystick running back in Tariq Cohen. They have Jordan Howard, who is one of the leading five leading rushers last year, and he has some of the best vision in the in the NFL, reminiscent vision of Arian Foster. Um, when when you look at you know the the Seahawks have an improved offensive line, but the Bears got Khalil Mack, and they already had they already were a top ten defense before that, um, and I think you know the Seahawks are going to have a hard time running the ball because I'm telling you, Roquan Smith. Um, you know, is someone who could be one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL. I actually think he's a can't-miss prospect. So um, the Bears are going to have a dangerous defense. The Seahawks, without Bobby Wagner, they're going to have a tough time. Um, but the reason why you can't count out the Seahawks is because Pete Carroll um, always has this team ready to play. Uh, I've mentioned to you guys before right now, uh, I'm actually uh, doing some education work with the Scouting Academy and one of the one article, it's not really an article, it was a twenty-page paper that they had us read. And one of the things that it talked about, it was actually an article where it talked about scouting swimming. And I'm not going to go into all the details on it, but one of the things that it talked about in swimming was successful successful swimmers. And you can attribute this to any sport um, when they have fun at when when they when they have fun at practice and the coaches allow them to have fun at practice. There is and I can allude to this later, but talk or talk about it later. Excuse me. Um, there's a huge, there's a huge performance benefit that you get that you get from there. When you look at the Seahawks over the years, they fly to the football no matter who's on defense. Pete Carroll always has music playing that they enjoy, basketball hoops, games. He does team outings, but yet he conditions the Seahawks. The conditions are a the Seahawks are a highly conditioned team. He works the crap out of them. Um, and he works them hard. He's tough on them, but he also 
and and he may, but he also gets them excited to play. So you got to give Pete Carroll credit for that. I think that's why he, the Seahawks have been year in and year out a playoff team, even though you know a lot of their defensive players have left. But the matchups favor the Bears. I like them in this game, and that actually wraps up everything for today. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy Week Two. This is Steve the Scout with the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. Signing off. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy week two in the NFL.